Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your alley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM. 1488. I've got to get the levels in the cans here, right? Come on! Uh, every single weekend. That's for you, Marilyn. Uh, here we are, Saturday morning. I don't know why this sounds funny. Anyway, here we are, Saturday morning, 8-29, August 29th. The 6 a.m. show. That's right, new content, 6 a.m. Can you believe it? No repeats, no uh, no nothing. Of course, no guests either, just me rattling on for a few minutes. Hey, there goes the copier. I'll tell you, everything's asleep here this early in the morning. Uh, again, so happy that you're here with us on Citizen Watch. Try to bring you some new content every single weekend. Oh, I have to do everything myself. You know, Dave Luna has a staff. He has a three or four people every morning that wait on him. I don't know if I told you, but we have an omelet bar here for Dave every morning. If there's enough left, uh, we get the, the scraps, which is really nice of him, really. He doesn't have to do that. Hey, let's see. Uh, Foster Farms. Woo, Chihuahua. Better get your chicken. Get the wings. Get the hot wings. The wings are hot over at Foster Farms in Livingston. If you haven't heard, the county's trying to shut down one of the largest employers in the county. One of the uh, private employers. I should say private employers because when you factor in all the government jobs, the school teachers... I'm talking about the public schools, not not Stone Ridge. You know, they're back in school. No, the, uh, you know, safer at home, safer at home crowd. They, uh, they, they're they pretty pretty big uh, population when you consider there's 22 school districts here in the county. And then, of course, you have the University of California. You have the Merced College. Of course, the county itself, city, six cities in the uh, county. A lot of government employees, but uh, private employers, which Foster Farms is one of the largest private employers. They're, they're being asked to, uh, you know, shut her down. Shut her down. Dr. Sandoval over there with the county public health department. Uh, great guy. I, I think we've had him in here on a, a couple of other different platforms, different shows we have here on KYOS. But they, uh, they've been after Foster Farms, I guess, according to the article that's in the local paper, for some time to do more, 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 more testing, masks, I don't know, more sanitizer, social distancing. I guess they went through the factory. They made some observations, made some suggestions to the private business, how to run their private business. The private business responded with their own protocol that they felt was necessary. Now, realize that, and I don't know the shifts over there, maybe they're more than eight hours, but I think I think they give you some time off at, at some point. I don't know. Maybe you, can, I don't, maybe you can't leave the premises. And what you do with that time off, obviously, you know, freedom of, uh, you know, what is that, pursuit of happiness written somewhere. So folks do what they're going to do, uh, mingle with who they're going to mingle, associate with who they're, you know, protest uh, peacefully with who they're going to protest peacefully with. But when they do work, they do come in contact. And evidently, uh, the thought is, is the spread has been happening over at Foster Farms. Can't be proven. We're uh, doing no contact tracing in this county, as you know. 
If we are, uh, excuse me, but I, I thought we didn't have the resources. Uh, this was a, this was uh, verified several uh, well I don't a month or so ago. Even Supervisor Darren McDaniel was surprised to hear the information. I believe the California Globe newspaper did an article on that because we just uh, you know couldn't keep up with the numbers, the ever increasing numbers. It used to be it's kind of funny you know when <laughs> used to be when you were sick as an employee you would stay home or call in sick. Some employees would look look for an excuse, you know, a little sniffle, you know, maybe I better maybe I better lay out today. But now we've uh, gotten to the point, my friends, and it's just amazing. And again, you know, only in California, where we shut the business down. That's right. I don't feel good. You better close. I understand there's a concern, you know, the work, you know, if this was the E. coli, if the chickens, you know, does it smell a little funny to you? I mean, you know, if it, if it's something like that, that's when we shut a, a plant down with 3,500 employees where you've got a process, you know, it's not, you talk about just in time delivery. Okay. You, you don't think that every, it's almost down to the hour, my friends, how long these chickens are around. Because they don't live forever. No, no, no. No, you get some wings, you get some drumsticks, you see that 99-cent chicken over there over at Smart and Final by the by the mound. You know, guess what those were just a little while ago. So they process these things on a very efficient basis. And if you don't think they know what they're doing after all these years, well, I've got news for you. And if you don't think they're trying to be sanitary over there, not only for the processing of the chickens, but for the people, I've got news for you. They are. They are. But now we get everybody out of the woodwork. Everybody, oh, let's throw rocks at Foster Farms. You know, they're not doing enough. They're not doing enough. Look, look, the Trump administration stepped in. The, the USDA stepped in. That shows you that the collusion is happening, doesn't it? I mean, what is it? What is this, Ukraine? It's unbelievable. So we're going to go after the golden goose. I don't think they process any geese over there. I, again, could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. But we're going to kill, shut down the golden goose. I loved one of the uh, observations. The workers are wondering if they'll be paid if there's a shutdown. <laughs> I... I'm sure somebody will pay you. Unemployment, disability, you know, uh, Jacoby and Myers, you know, the, the, the workplace abuse that you folks go through, right? I mean, isn't that what's being, isn't that the narrative now? But the county, in their infinite wisdom, I mean, look, at you know, we've just about killed every single private small business in this county, if not this state, severely impacted those that can, that can what, serve under a tent? I couldn't even see my food last week at Granny's because of the smoke was so, so heavy in the air. The blue haze, I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. This is the infinite wisdom of Newsom. We'll eat outside with the ash falling all around, the respiratory disease you know forget SARS forget the serious 
acute respiratory syndrome with COVID. No, 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 no. Let's breathe the uh, 2.5, the five. I think they were about a quarter inch. Forget the 2.5. So now we're going to close foster farms. So now we're going to close foster farms. They've given them 48 hour notice from Thursday evening. You've got 48 hours or what? Thousands of pounds, tons and tons of food, i.e. chicken, would have to be destroyed, thrown away, wasted. Because again, folks, these chickens, it's down to the hour. We've got ag down to a science here in this valley. Because that's what we do. We're ag. Ag is our life. And you want to shut it down? Now, I'm not saying that any life, loss of life, is worth keeping a business open, but you cannot tie this to foster farms. When you're one of the largest employee, employers in the county and eight people that happen to work there die, it's not like they died on the line. You, 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 just have, you just can't willy-nilly do this kind of thing. And where are the supervisors? Remember the, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. You know, if you look at the calendar, folks, this has been going on since March 14th. Now, my MCOE math is not that good, as you know. Have a local education. So we go from March to, uh, well, let's go to, from, you know, I'll just use my fingers. March to April, there's one. April to May, that's two. May to June, that's three. June to July, that's four. July to August, that's five. Now it's August 29th, let's see, March 14th. So we're five months and two weeks. You know, let's round it up. Come on, let's do, let's do the MCOE way. Let, let's do a county budget way. Let's just round it on up to six months. In six months, we've gone from one of the most prosperous economies rebuilt over the last three years after the destruction through regulation, over-regulation that we saw nationwide. From, from that to, well, worse than a recession, worse than a depression, the numbers, we've never seen numbers this low. Number of unemployment, jobless claims. I was reading last week what they, they paid out, 500 and some thousand jobless claims here in California, $4 billion, $4 billion. And that represents just a fraction of what those folks would have got as wages had they worked. Now, I understand there's a little extra in there. You know, maybe that's uh, not a completely fair analysis. But the point being is it's better to be working. It's better to have an economy. It's better to have business humming along. Now what do we've got? This new purple, green, blue, you know, stoplight, go, green. What are you? You know, we don't want, let's get rid of the old system. Let's give, you know, another carrot to chase. Got to, you know, 21 days between uh, colors, though, folks. You know, you got to wait three weeks. Now we're going to go after the biggest private employer. And if I'm wrong, excuse me, let's just say 3,500 jobs here in Merced County, 
by asking foster farms to close. I am glad the federal government got involved. I am glad the USDA got involved. I am glad somebody with some common sense got involved. And again, I'm not saying any lives should be lost, blah, 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 blah. But let's not vilify the employer. Let's not vilify the employer until we have all the facts, until we know what we're doing. And the actions of the employer, in this case, should be held up. You know, I don't know what it is with Livingston and Foster Farms. Man, if I was Foster Farms, <laughs> I don't know. I get, You know, it's a great place to grow chickens, you know, quite frankly. You know how many chicken ranches and, uh, you know, those big grain silos, you know what they're full of? Chicken feet! And you want to shut it down in 48 hours? Who are you people? And where are the supervisors? Remember, it wasn't that long ago. What, we started this in March, uh, this is March, April, April, May. It was about May. Remember, they were burning the midnight oil over there up on the third floor on the Facebook. You know, hey, here we are. God, it's 10 o'clock. You know where your supervisor is? Oh, they, they touted that. Have you seen anything other than these little triangles hanging next to the we're closed, we're at a business sign, ready to open? We've been ready to open since March. I just can't believe this. I just can't, cannot believe it. Are you going to hang a ready to open on the gates of Foster Farms? Is that what you're going to do? Are we going to have to pay 3,500 workers because, well... They need to close? For how long? How long do they need to close? 21 days? What, do they need to get into the green, the red, the blue? Have you given them any? <laughs> 6 a.m., folks. 6 a.m., the 6 a.m. hour. It's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. What if you're working over there at Foster Farms? What's your future? You know, again, when you used to be sick... You didn't go to work, but no, now we're closing work. We're going to close work. I don't understand it. We'll be back. Second segment of Citizen Watch right after this. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Hang in there. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try Saturday morning, ah, just singing along. Such a wonderful song. Relaxes me. Can you tell I'm relaxed? I'll tell you, I think uh, I'm supposed to get the decaf this morning, but uh, we went with the espresso roast. <laughs> hey, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Here we are, Saturday morning, Citizen Watch. Every Saturday, we do something, at least one of the hours, which, as you know, we have the 6, 8, and 9 o'clock bonus half hour, that 9 to 9.30 show. 
of course, in between that time, we have our good friend, good, 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 good friend, Roger Wood. Roger Wood, the woodchuck, he's, uh, he's always coming around here at least once a week. If not more, if he forgets something, he has to come back and get it. I'm teasing. He's a great guy. He's been around longer than I have here and may outlast me. Who knows? Who knows? Nothing. We, we take nothing for granted. Nothing is certain, my friends, in life. As we, uh, you know, with the events going on, the COVID situation the last few months, really 2020, man, I tell you, what a year. What a year that's been. Anyway, uh, lots going on. But Roger Wood, he has community conversations 7 to 8 a.m. every Saturday. And guess what? You're never going to believe it. And even Roger's really excited. I think I can announce this. Uh, he's online. Yeah, that's right. He's on the KYOS website, 1480kyos.com. You go on there. Now, of course, for, for I, I don't know, a year or so, you've been able to get our uh, yeah, what are these podcasts, what are these? streaming. You can uh, replay, replays of the shows, if you desire, by clicking on the Citizen Watch banner. Well, now we have a community conversation banner. It gives a brief description of the things we do. And every week, if you were on or somebody you know was on or you're just, hey, you know, I miss community conversations. Can I listen to it? Well, of course you can. Because we cover a lot of great issues. As you know, uh, Roger fills in for me sometimes during the news segments. He comes in early, sits right here with me, interviews some folks. We play some of those. Anyway, uh, that, that's a great, you know, a great platform. And he is now on it. Our virtual web forever and ever platform. Of course, 9.30 to 10, Real Living Today with Dr. Bob. He's been another uh, another staple here of the uh, Merced KYOS lineup for many, many years. Longer, again, longer than me. And who knows? May, may, outlast, may outlast me. I know the station's going to outlast me because it's a great station, great local station. We love coming to you. I've been really pleased uh, to be able to come to you these last few years. Uh, it's been going on quite a while now. I, I, I get uh, get a little long in the tooth over here. And I really want to thank everybody who supports me here at the station. And uh, that's most everybody. I'm just teasing. Everybody supports uh, supports each other here. We're a big radio family here at Radio Merced. Six wonderful stations. You know, the elections are coming up uh, really quick. I think we're getting down close to 60 days. Again, MCOE math, let's try this. August to September. Now, let's go to September. That makes it easier. September to uh, October. October, isn't that the next one after September? And then uh, October to November. Yeah, we're getting down to uh, 60 days, my friends. Because the election, we look on the old calendar here, November 3rd, which is the first Tuesday in November. This month, can you believe it? Five Saturdays, five Mondays. Woo, Chihuahua. I mean, that's a lot of uh, a lot of weekend, isn't it? So uh, Labor Day is next week. Everybody thought, I don't know, not thought, but it's like, man, when is August going to end? Isn't it Labor Day yet? No, not quite. Close. Close, but no cigar. Next weekend, we'll be with you. I don't know what's going to go on. We never take vacation around here. They don't let us, except Dave Luna. He he gets paid vacation. Anyway, I mean, like like trips. It's unbelievable. They really... Treat him very nicely. Anyway, uh, Labor Day, who knows what we'll have. Maybe we'll get a guest in here. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just be me rattling on for, I don't know, a long time. Anyway, listen. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to get into? Where were we? 
before, oh, the elections. The elections are coming up November 3rd, less than 60 days. And I want to let folks know that we are going to have our famous candidate forums. Those are available to all the candidates. You can come on with me. It's a different type of format. It's not this, you know, where, you know, my own opinion. No, we listen to you. Let you talk to our listeners here in Merced and the surrounding areas. Again, with the Internet, who knows how far it goes, but you definitely, definitely cover your districts. So those will be coming up. We have a couple of people lined up. I don't want to tease, but uh, you better get on board while there's still time. And you can always call and contact our crack sales staff. They will, uh, they will definitely hook you up, as they say. But it's getting down to uh, 60 days after we hit, well, again, MCOE math. I guarantee you, September 3rd to November 3rd is, is two months. So let's just say it that way. I don't know how many days that is. That gets into a higher level of algebra. But we will say uh, it's real close. And, you know, the early voting, the early voting this year, it's going to be interesting. They did appoint a, uh, I want to say a co-registrar of voters because Barbara Levy is still going to be the registrar voters. Gosh, where is that? Here it is right here on the front page. The Merced County Times below the fold. Uh, Merced County leaders on Tuesday voted unanimously to appoint Darlene Ingersoll as the registrar of voters to manage this region's election process. The appointment is effective September 14th, which, uh, well, that's in a couple of weeks. However, Ingersoll is expected to transition into a role this election season under the leadership of Barbara Levy, the current Registrar of Voters Levy, who also holds a lot of positions here, the elected position of county assessor, recorder, clerk. She fills up the vending machines over there on her lunch break. Is expected to retire, Barbara, is expected to retire at the end of the year. You know, and that's going to be a, a big loss, big, big loss to not only the registrar voters, but also the assessor, the recorder, and the clerk. Let me tell you, the clerk is a very, 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 very important position. You get a legal document, you get something, a title, a, a, a you know, a whatever, something that's forever and ever and ever, her name is on it and has been for many years. And she's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really sad when somebody does such a good job, you never want them to leave. You never want them to have a life. You never want them to go and, you know, enjoy the family, the grandkids, take a little trip, you know, the... Because we don't, you know, we're, it's not forever. It's not forever. Prom- tomorrow is promised to no one, my friends. And so it's going to be very sad, uh, very, very sad to see Barbara Levy leave the position of not only the registrar voters, but the other ones I mentioned. But here's the deal. According to Jim Brown, the CEO, I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Miss Levy, Miss Levy, I think it's Mrs. Levy. Ms. Levy will still be responsible to provide leadership through the elections, said Jim Brown. We do want to make sure that's clear to the public and our communities because I know there's a lot of uh, interest in this election. We're not looking to change the process right now midstream. This is purely to provide an opportunity to create success going forward. And and I agree with that. You know, the handing of the baton, you know, both people kind of run for a little bit and they're the baton is placed firmly in the hand of the the next runner for the next leg of the position. So that's what's happening over there at elections. And again, elections are going to be a, a big, 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 big deal because everything's going to be the vote by mail. 
Ballots are going to be sent to every registered voter in the county, whether you want one or not. Now, that's a lot different than absentee ballots where people request them, permanent absentees, where people get their ballot every uh, election cycle like clockwork. This, this is a lot different, and this is going to put a tremendous, tremendous strain on the system. So the elections this year are going to be very different. We barely got the ones off in March. The COVID hit uh, literally a couple of weeks later, a week later. There were a lot of poll workers that didn't come out, show up, participate. Who knows? You know, it's a, it's a one, two-day position. One day, I guess. Some of them. Some of them are, are, are longer. But uh, the day of the election, obviously, is, a, is a, little, a little busy, and they didn't have everybody show up that they had hoped to. I think, you know, obviously they pulled it off, got the election certified. This time, oh, this time it's going to be a lot different. It's going to be like 15 voting centers. Uh, it's going to be probably not Foster Farms. <laughs> probably be closed. Anyway, they're uh, going to have uh, 50, these voting centers, which you can, you know, drop off. The uh, harvest of votes that you've collected, or uh, drop off your vote to the voting center. Uh, I think you can cast a ballot. You just walk in, hey, I want to vote. I think they have to allow you to do that. And then, of course, it's really the system. I've had a lot of folks, uh, you know, ask me, and I, hey, I, what do I know? What do I know? I'm not the registrar of voters, and I certainly don't uh, intend to speak for anybody over there. And hopefully they will come on this show. And talk a little bit about some of the concerns. But I've had some folks, uh, concerns I've had people express to me, which are, well, how, you know, hey, how do they know that those people voted? You know, it's not, uh, you know, rah, 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 rah. you know, what, what happens if somebody, you know, has the, the vote sent to them and then they go to the voting center and vote and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I try to believe, and I, and I do want to, that it is the systems that we have in place. And again, under the leadership of Barbara Levy, the systems, the scanning over there, it's like your signature. You know, you sign up way back when, when you were 18, you know, you're trying to, you know, you just got out of high school, you know, whatever. You're, you're, uh, you know, you sign up, you're signing. It may look a little different now. Well, every time you vote and you sign that envelope that goes through the mail that everybody can see your signature, they take a picture of it. Maybe, hopefully only they take a picture of it. But And they, they keep those signatures and they kind of update them. So the next time they look at the last one and, you know, if it's getting a little shaky, maybe you're dropping the C, maybe you just, you know, sign an X anymore. Maybe, maybe you always signed an X. I don't know. You know, they look at, they look at the, uh, you know, the, 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 but this is the problem with sending a ballot to everybody. You know how many people never vote? You know how many people never, ever, ever vote or haven't voted in a long, long time? Now, there's two sides to every coin, and some people will say, well, you know, first-time voters, you know, they're motivated by the issue. You know, they got to get Trump out of office. It's just, you know, they got to, you know, this guy, he's got to go, he's got to go. You know, it's the most watched elect, the soul of our country. It's a... And then there's those that would exploit all of those ballots, those prepaid envelopes that don't have a signature to look at, that don't have a way to verify that was this the person that cast the vote. So the system is not, it's, it's only as good, you know, it's like computers, garbage in, garbage out. The data coming out is only as good as the parameters, the data that goes in. That's why uh, these autonomous vehicles, there's still a ways to go. 
there's still a ways to go before you just want to, you know, uh, delve into Facebook while you drive to Yuma or something. The data on these systems is only as good as what's been input. And that's why Barbara Levy, the registrar of voters, has uh, sent out these postcards to every voter, every registered voter who will be getting a ballot, asking them to make sure they update their voter information. Because, again, I can tell you, as running, having ran for office unsuccessfully a few times, I knocked on a lot of doors and people would come, nah, man, that person ain't here anymore. Or, no, that's not me. Or no. Uh, or you'd have some houses where there would be a, a, a lot of voters, let's just say. And if you think it's going to be, if you don't think the, the county can do contact tracing during a pandemic, well, I, you know, maybe the system's there for the voters, but I don't think they're going to be knocking on doors saying, hey, uh, did you cast this vote? Is this really, can you just give us an exemplar of your signature real quick? I mean, I, I don't know. So it's, uh, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions with a lot of people. And I can think that uh, those will be answered. But it's good to see that uh, the baton is being handed earlier than later because these are very... Now, I don't, I don't know if this person, uh, Ms. Ingersoll, has taken... Good name, Darlene. I don't want to say Debbie. Darlene Ingersoll. I don't know if she's just the registrar of voters or she's doing the whole... the assessor, recorder, clerk. But again, Barbara will be leaving here in just a few short months. But she's going to get this election under... Under the uh, under her supervision, so I think that's really great. Look, hey, we're out of time. This segment, man, I got to cut it off. We'll see you after the uh, break. Stick with us. stand alone we need to stand together my friends here we are third and final segment citizen watch saturday morning the 6 a.m hour we've got to get right into this because it's uh we don't have much time 15 minutes yesterday as many know was the 57th anniversary of martin luther king's speech famous speech i have a dream delivered august 28 1963 in washington dc in front of the lincoln memorial very very moving speech i'm going to play you the audio it's kind of a uh, poor audio in some parts. There's one paragraph I want to read. It's early on in the speech. It says, But there is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to denigrate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. And they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. These are prophetic words. I'm playing them for you now. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, J.R. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history 
as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. But we refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time. 
to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summit of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro has granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred we must be able to conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline we must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy, which has engulfed the Negro community, must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is They have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. As we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied. As long as our body is heavy with the fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the city. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. No, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not my unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. 
You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day Even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true, and so let freedom ring, from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring, from the mighty mountains of New York, 
Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Well, we're out of time. We'll see you in the 8 o'clock hour.